You are probably wondering what the heck does any of this have to do with socials, but I honestly think, guys, it was a combination of all of these things that really set me up for success. If people found my Instagram page and I didn't have links to the blogs or I didn't have a website that looked super schmicko, I don't know. Well, I, I just don't think my success would have been as quick. Now, it's been six years, so it's not like it was overnight. It was a fucking slog. But just being consistent and showing up as this big salon and having these things so beautifully um, aligned, I think it definitely helped me in the social media space. Gone are the days where you need a fancy degree in order to be successful. If you've got a good idea, an abundance of grit, and a relentless dedication to reaching your goals, anything is possible. Hey, my name is Mickey Ald, and I'm a small town girl who dropped out of school, secured a hairdressing trade, and have scaled a million dollar company from the ground up. It all happened off the back of one of the hardest periods of my life. I was down and out, had only a few hundred dollars to my name, and no idea of what I was doing. The main edit will be your go-to for all things business, scaling brands, and CEO mindset. Plus, I'll share the ins and outs of building a life and a business that you love. I want you to think of the main edit as business school on the rocks with a whole lot of good times thrown in. Because not only are we going to make your dream life a reality, we're going to have a hell of a time while we're doing it. Welcome to the main edit. You know what is so wild to me? This is such an oversaturated topic, but people still want to know how you can grow your Instagram account in order to be successful and have a successful salon business. There is so much information out there, but I get it. And sometimes you just want to hear from someone that you know or whose journey you've followed in order to like, get inside of their brain and find out some little pearl or bits of advice because you can take something from another podcast. You can listen to like social media um, pros and people that offer services in that space. But I just want to give you guys a true and honest account on how I built my salon's hairdressing account and how I built a successful brand off the back of social media. Now, as we covered in the um, last episode, I had no money when I started my business. I was broke as hell. And so aren't we bloody lucky that we have things like social media because it means that you can start businesses, businesses, sorry, I'm getting tongue-tied, in an extremely low-risk kind of way. It can also mean that sometimes we will be tempted just to kind of go all in and without thinking too much about the branding or what it is that we're trying to get from putting ourselves out there on whether it's Instagram or TikTok or YouTube or whatever platform you prefer to use yourself. I used Instagram and in the beginning when I started my account, I had maybe like 300 followers. It was a personal account. And I actually started listening to a podcast, which I adore. And she's actually just rebranded because she's teaching people about how to build online courses, which is awesome. Um, but it was called Stevie Says Social. And at the time she had an Instagram uh, course 
that you could sign up and do. And it was for creatives, influencers, and small business owners. There are so many courses that you can do on social media. And I highly recommend investing in one just to like learn more. And also the Instagram game, if that's where you want to focus your time and energy, that's constantly changing. And there's so much that's gone on in the last, you know, even year. So I would absolutely recommend investing in a course. I am an absolute short course nerd and they are worth their weight in gold. Do your homework, find someone that you admire and please invest in your education and the future of your business. You will not regret it. So basically, here are some of the important things that I learned quite quickly. You absolutely need to have a brand key and you need to identify your aesthetic. You can use tools like Canva and this is a free website. They, it is such a fucking amazing website. I'm obsessed with Canva. I create a lot of our graphics on there and I do also do all of our brand key templates through Canva as well. This is where you can identify the types of colors you want to use, the typography, and you can also pop in there the, you know, your tone of voice and who it is that you're wanting to reach. You should ask yourself those questions. We hear it all the time and Instagram and, you know, social media pros, they're always like, find your niche, find out who it is that your target audience is and who are you speaking to? And it is so important. Sometimes when I look at other place it like if someone reaches out to me on Instagram is like how did you grow your account and then I go to theirs one of the first things that always is so clear to me is like this unidentified target audience because I'll just I'll go there and I'll be a little bit confused I'll be like well it looks like you're kind of serving everyone what is your vibe like you need to sell people the transformation as well and here's what I mean by this one of the reasons that I think Paloma Roan has been so successful is because we sold the like a, a certain lifestyle and a certain sort of person to our audience. So we were like so deeply inspired by the 70s and everything retro. And it was definitely like your ultimate cool girl salon. And that's what I wanted it to be. When you go to our account, it absolutely looks different. It looks really fresh. It's really bright. It looks like it's a lot of fun. And you can tell quite easily who our target audience is. And I also think that a lot of the best brands out there are a reflection of the owner, the team, and you know whatever was missing in that industry for that person. So for me, being someone who's really quite creative and living in a city where there wasn't a whole lot going on, um, for me or my friends, I wanted to create a space that offered like really cool haircuts and the type of stuff that I saw happening in London. Very like fashion forward, but not in like a high award-winning pretentious kind of way. I wanted it to be a super fun, arty, unconventional salon kind of space that I really wanted there, you know, I wanted that to exist when, you know, before I was a hairdresser and even when I was working for other people and it just didn't at the time. So I think it is evident right away when you look at our Instagram account and I've had people even say to me like, oh, I feel a little bit nervous coming in because everyone's so cool. And I'm like, really? We're just, and I hate that. I never want to give out that kind of vibe, but 
I want people to feel fucking fantastic and as cool as hell when they leave our salon. Something that worked for me early on, so I started my brand in early 2017 and at that time, the whole French girl thing was absolutely kicking off. Everyone was fucking obsessed with it. And I was one of those people. So everything around my feed kind of was curated to embody this kind of dreamy, nostalgic French girl kind of vibe. I did a lot of journaling as well. So uh, something that I'll get into soon is I think there is that you need to place such importance on your website and making sure that your website aligns with your Instagram. But on my Instagram, I would post these pictures of, you know, French it girls. And then I would do a journal or a blog entry, if you like, on my website about their hair and how you can achieve a similar style. This worked really well for me and people who had a similar taste to mine and wanted that kind of like it girl look were absolutely drawn to that content. I found that a lot of people saved that sort of content and shared it a lot as well. I definitely think that having those blog posts in the beginning really helped me and set me up for success. So I did a bunch of journaling on how to create, you know, it girl looks or like an it girl in focus. I spoke about like vintage films that, you know, my brand loved. Again, how I said in the last episode, how you should always be like, we love, like, that's what I did. I was like, we love, you know, this film. We adore this person's style. Here's how to get it. I spoke as though it was like a bigger brand and I was blogging about all of these things or my team were. And then I also reached out to local cool businesses that I loved and I did like, I wrote little articles on the businesses. I was like, it was a local love section on my website, on my blog. If people were open to me writing about their businesses, I would offer for them to come in and get their hair done and give them like a local loves discount. I think from memory, it was around 30%, but this works so well because like I reached out to a lot of cool cafes and bars and artists. And so naturally they're going to have, you know, people around them and those kinds of people, uh, that's exactly who I wanted to bring into the salon. So I found like highlighting other businesses worked really well for me as well. And that came from a really genuine space. That was that, you know, I was like, this is the kind of salon for you and I want to serve you. But I also want to talk about your business because I fucking love that people have come back to my city and have created these really cool things and they're putting themselves out there. So I'm going to support you. And people love that. Like sometimes you need to take it back to basics. If you support others, people will support you. So get behind other brands that you love as well, whether they are local or they are, you know, a little further away, just keep it within reach and make sure that it's truly aligned to your brand. So now that I've given you an idea of how you can, you know, tell stories and like showcase other brands and like collaborate on Instagram, I just want to quickly touch on the importance of having a good website. So in the beginning I did, I gave up a lot of my time and my skill in order to get like photographs and 
potentially be featured in editorial publications. So I would collaborate with local stylists, makeup artists and photographers and collaborate. I mean, free. So I would be, you know, working, I may have worked a full week in the salon and then on a Sunday I would go and do a full day shoot because I knew I was going to get really cool images from it. I was going to grow my network. Like networking is number one, whether you're doing it in person or you're doing it on social media, put yourself out there and reach out to the people that you want to be involved with or that you want to become more like. So please, please don't forget the importance of networking. I was always super picky with who it was that I worked with and what photographs I then shared on my social media with the really like, because they are high res, beautiful images, especially the ones that were featured in certain digital publications. I then use those for my website. So I know that like, as my, as brands get bigger, it's more difficult to do this because it's like, okay, well, what's marketing material and what's actually collaborative work. But when I was this tiny little startup and obviously make sure that everyone is so fine with you doing this, but in the beginning and when I was starting, I was able to use those beautiful images to elevate my brand and to use them on my website. So I looked like this big salon. Keep in mind, guys, at this point, I'm still renting a chair. Like I don't have my own salon, but it looks as though I am a salon brand when it is actually just me and a chair. I have always used Squarespace. I find Squarespace to be super easy to use. And if you are unfamiliar with it, it's gotten even easier because they've got this drop and drag function now. So you can achieve all of these really cool effects that you just were never able to once upon a time. I did actually go and do a website coding course. So I taught myself how to tweak certain little things, but still my knowledge of building websites is tiny. I'm not an expert in any way. And if the thought of building your own website seems, you know, too overwhelming, you can literally just Google Squarespace templates and you will be like, you'll be shocked at the amount of beautiful templates that are there up for grabs. Now you need to make sure that you have your brand key done before you even go into like website territory, because you want to make sure that everything is consistent. You need to have your colors and your typography all worked out. If you are going to spend money with your branding, then this is the time to do it. You should engage with a graphic designer or someone to help you build a brand key. I think, you know, I have a friend, I am so lucky, who has done all of my branding. And when she kind of came on board and helped me with things, it just elevated my brand so much more. So after you start to make a little bit of money, definitely reach out to a graphic designer. And then, you know, you can take all of those colors and fonts and everything across to building your own website or to just editing a Squarespace template if that's what you want to do as well. You are probably wondering what the heck does any of this have to do with socials, but I honestly think, guys, it was a combination of all of these things that really set me up for success. If people found my Instagram page and I didn't have links to the blogs or I didn't have a website that looked super schmicko, I don't know. Well, I, I just don't think my success would have been as quick. Now, it's been six years, so it's not like it was overnight. It was a fucking slog. But just being consistent and showing up as this big salon and having these things so beautifully 
um, aligned, I think it definitely helped me in the social media space because people then started to like, they started to notice me and like the cafes and the restaurants and stuff that I engaged with that I wanted to, you know, work with as well. They took me more seriously. So they would like repost and reshare my journal entries and anything that I posted on socials. So it's almost like when you do a giveaway with another brand that you love and you're trying to reach their audience as well because they are a non-competing business but you have a very similar target demographic it's almost like that but I did it without the giveaway in the beginning and on the topic of giveaways I think they absolutely work you just want to be choosy with who it is that you're going to do this with and make sure that they are aligned with you both in the way that they look and their values and who their target demographic is. It's a really great way to identify the types of people that you want to get in. And if you're really unsure of who this might be, like I think if you're confused about who you want to reach, then none of this is really going to click together well. You really do need to nut out, okay, who is this person that I am trying to get through my door? Like it, I think honestly, it should be someone that's like you, who has similar interests to you or someone that you aspire to be like. And that is who you should talk directly to when you are showing up on your social media and everything should come back to that person. So if you don't have that crystal clear in your mind, then that's the, that's exactly where you need to be focusing your attention right now. When my brand started getting a bit of traction and people were talking about it, when I would meet with other salons, a lot of the feedback I would get was like, your Instagram looks so different. Like it's so fresh. It's a really nice, like holistic approach to creating a brand. And I think that like, whenever people would say that to me, I was like, you've absolutely nailed it because I wanted that to be my approach. So all of these things are going to tie into whatever, you know, your greater goal is. And if that's scaling a really successful salon, then I think you do really need to start thinking about these things. Paloma Roan, especially, I think has like a cult-like following. And I think this has happened because of, you know, me doing all of these things. I want you to think about some of the brands that you buy from and why you buy from them. Like, Here's just an example. Most people in Australia, especially women, will know what spell is. It's a great example because you can easily, when someone mentions it, you can visualize the type of person that is going to buy from spell. And what spell does so brilliantly, whether you're into their stuff or not, is they they intertwine so much storytelling into their brand. They hold really cool events. They show the people behind the brands, like they've built influencers really. Like a lot of the girls who are now, you know, they have massive followings and their influencers and they're down in Byron or whatever. So many of them had a lot to do with Spell in the beginning. They had a holistic approach to their brand. It was like they were creating a movement within that like beautiful, whimsical Byron Bay, you know, bohemian sort of vibe they were selling that whole package to people so people you know if they would go and buy a dress from spell they'd be like i'm going to become this beautiful i'm going to become more like relaxed or maybe like a bit more um like of a gypsy and even though i don't live in byron bay because it's so fucking expensive for everybody else right 
I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to feel like I'm there kind of. So I hope that kind of makes sense to you. It would be the same if you were like taking a brand like, I don't know, Tommy Hilfiger or Gucci. It's like they sell this feeling and a certain lifestyle and you become a certain person when you put on something of theirs. Now that I'm thinking of it, I'm like, maybe this just made sense to me because I did spend so much time with my head in a Vogue magazine and watching fashion TV. I don't know. Food for thought. I guess my point is, is that you just have to like fake it until you make it a bit. And if you want to play with the big boys, then you just need to kind of act like one. Start to think of your brand as a movement and as this lifestyle, you're selling this like feeling to people. Okay. If you only remember one thing from this lengthy podcast of me just waffling on about um, brand shit, then let that be it. Okay, so something else that I found was my the, the post where I was kind of showing up maybe with a picture of me and telling my story. So when I was like, hey guys, my name's Mickey. I, um, you know, had somewhat of a, a, a mental bee and then I created my own business. When I was really honest about my story and I was like, you know, I'm human. This, this has been the process for me. This has been my journey. When I was really real and I just wasn't like curated and I wasn't like, I'm like a robot. I'm just gonna sound like everybody else. Like, look at this dream hair like or comment if you like like when I actually told a story people engaged with that so much and that is something that I don't think is going to change in regards to social media whatsoever anytime soon people really want that human connection they want to see the humans behind a brand so show up on your stories or like post about your team or post about you if it's just you and Tell them something, like make people laugh, make people feel something. Don't forget to give your brand a personality. I know everyone references go-to beauty, but I mean, we all love Zoe Foster Blake. She has this like infectious kind of positive attitude towards life and she's just so funny. And she's just, honestly, if she shone, if she shone any brighter, she would just like burst. I I think you just, whenever you look at go-to beauty, when you look at that page and you know, she sold that company, but she gave that brand a heartbeat and a personality. And it just makes you feel good when you're on there. It's so entertaining. It's really funny. And it is a skincare brand, but they do so much more than just sell you skincare. In fact, you wouldn't even realize that that's what they're doing. If you went on their page, you just go there to feel good. I know it can seem extremely scary to be vulnerable on social media, but... I don't know, find a happy medium or a place that you feel comfortable in. You don't have to go into such great depth as as what I did. But I think people, you know, in general do want to be involved. So even if on your stories, you know, if you're thinking of repainting your shop, for example, create a poll, ask people for their opinions. What do they think? When I rescued my dog, Olive, I asked my community what I should call her. And I gave them an option of like, there were like 10 different names and it was overwhelming the amount of people that were like, we love Olive. And I was like, wow, sometimes I feel like I'm speaking to one person instead of, you know, 10,000 people because 
everyone was just so similar in their taste. And I think that just, that said so much. So again, this just comes back to knowing who it is that you are talking to. Another thing that's super important, and this is a little bit different from what we've been talking about, is to deconstruct your feed with a critical eye. So if you are a hairdresser, for example, go and look at your photos and compare them to some of your, you know, mentors in, in, within your industry. Please don't try, like, please don't be hard on yourself throughout this process if you scroll back on anyone's account right to the bottom you will see such enormous growth like on mine i go back to what things i did five years ago and i'm like oh my god look at the way i used to curl hair that's so cute i've grown so much so don't tear yourself apart but look at things and put it against you know even if you need to use your partner's phone or a friend's phone just so you can have them side by side and look at it and say okay what is different about this photo that's like standing out to you a lot more? Maybe that's your, you know, your mentor's photo or, you know, just whoever, if you've got someone in particular whose work you admire, and then you've got yours. Now, your color work, for example, could be so brilliant, but, you know, if you're shooting it in kind of dark light or if the angle's not great or if they're wearing a really distracting, colorful top or... If, you know, um, the person's eyes are kind of closed or even like the backs of heads, people want to engage with faces. People always will engage with people's faces in photos. So maybe you need to like switch your angles up or maybe it is the way that you're styling them or the type of phone that you have. I know for me, if someone reached out to me and said, Mickey, how are you taking these photos? I would give them pointers, absolutely. And through the main edit as well, I'm going to have a bunch of styling videos and videos on how to take photos, but I'm sure whoever it is that you look up to within your industry, I bet that they will gladly give you a helping hand. You may need to pay for their time, but again, it is worth it because social media at the end of the day is such a strong marketing tool so absolutely invest in education to ensure that you are taking stellar photos in order to showcase your work as best as you possibly can when you think of your instagram account think of why you engage with other accounts so what are those certain accounts posting that keeps you engaged and makes you you know show up why do you enjoy it and really think about that Think about the play, like being in the place of the consumer and why it is that you like to consume certain content. Another thing to keep in mind is that you shouldn't just like post and ghost. You should engage with all of your comments. You should message people. You can definitely, you know, find your target audience through social media and like and comment on their posts. Just make sure that it's not spammy and that you are being completely genuine. You can like respond to people's stories um, and remove like the no DM section on your bio as well. Like I know it can be difficult to show up to every message. You don't have to, you know, 100% of the time, but try to get back to people. And I always prefer to not have like an automated message as well. Like I do try to go through all of them and say something and for me a lot of the time a voice message is so much easier and i know as a person like when someone who i've never met before but who i admire like there's a social media coach for example 
I posted something on my stories, which was a question. And she took the time to send me a voice note, which was like two minutes. And I could hear her children in the background, but it just meant so much that she reached out to me in that way. And hearing her voice just, I was like, oh, I love her. It was such a nice personal touch. So that's a really, really good point to make as well. If you don't want to buy a planning app, you can use Canva again. You can literally just search on Canva social media, like grid template, and you can insert photos in there. I do do this for my personal hair page. Um, however, on Plumerome, because I do have a greater understanding of like what the grid looks and feels like, I'm a little bit, I'm just quite natural with it to be honest i'm like organic in my approach i suppose you could say if i feel like posting a picture i do it if i'm making a reel i'll do it um now that the brand is bigger and it's not just me i will get someone to help me quite soon but i am like six years in for this entire you know the entire period since when i started to now it has just been me so you absolutely don't need to get a social media manager in the beginning. And I actually think it works a lot better if it is just you because people will spend their money on brands that they believe in and they will back humans who have values that align with their own. People want to support people at the end of the day. And I think that's one of the most important things to remember. So I hope this has inspired you. There are a lot of things going on in this episode. I completely understand. Your brand key is something that you absolutely want to have sorted. You need to be clear on who it is that you're talking to. And I mean, get really clear on that. If you have an idea, but you're a bit iffy about it, send me a message on Instagram and I will give you my thoughts. I'm also thinking of offering Instagram audits pretty soon as well. So stay tuned. And then don't forget to pay attention to your website and creating a brand that is holistic and think of your brand as a movement. You're not just selling people a service like gone are the days of that old school kind of marketing, like buy one, get one free, show up here, blah, blah, whatever. No, you're selling people a transformation. You want to show people who they become after they shop with you and just make them a raving fan. Okay, guys. I hope you enjoyed. I will see you next week. And thanks so much for being here again and showing up for yourself. Good on you. Well done, guys. You've just finished another episode of the main edit. I hope that your brain is busting at the seams with new ideas, ambitions, and goals. If you loved this episode, then please head over to themainedit.com.au and you will find all of our business templates, CEO blogs, and brand development tools up for grabs. Trust me, it is packed with good stuff. If you do want to reach out to me directly, you can always find me on Instagram at mickeyauld underscore hair. That is M-I-K-K-I-A-U-L-D underscore hair. I would love, love, love to hear your business dreams. And I am always just up for a chat. I will see you next time. And in the meantime, don't forget to keep working on your goals.